0: And let me tell you this, the issue is you don't believe that you have words that matter worth sharing. And so I think that once you get to the point of accepting, like, I have a message to share and I have an audience to serve, like Brian always tells us that we have, once you finally accept that, you start to be motivated to find the time to work on it because you're so energized because you believe you have something worth sharing.
1: Well, how's that feel? Well, if you ever find yourself saying, I don't have time to write, the next 30 minutes might change whether you ever say that again. Welcome to Season 2 of the Hope Writer Podcast. Whether you're a dreamer, a beginner, a long-time blogger, future author, or already published, if you want your writing to give others hope, welcome home. We want to give you hope. This is the first episode of Season 2, How to Find Time to Write. We all say it, we all think it and feel it, I want to write, I feel called to write, but I'm so busy. Where can I get the time to write? Well, this episode is going to change how you think about that question and give you practical tips for gaining time to write. You're so busy, it seems you only have time for the things you have to do. And you hardly have time for that, right? Never mind finding time for the things you want to do. And that right there might be a clue to answering the question, how do I find time to write? In this episode, you'll hear about Emily's seven-day family creative plan. You'll hear a great starting point from Brian for looking at the time that you do have. Michael is going to help us all see that there's actually two different kinds of time, plus why you should not tell people your big writing plans, how to get motivated to find time, and why following the love might be the secret to finding time to write. The Hope Writer podcast is brought to you by Hope Writers, an online membership community for writers of hope. We know how lonely and overwhelming this writing life can be. That's why we started Hope Writers. And right now you can go inside Hope Writers for a week for one dollar. Just visit HopeWriters.com slash trial to join Hope Writers for one week for a buck. That's HopeWriters.com slash trial. Your hosts on the podcast and at Hope Writers are sisters and authors Emily P. Freeman and Michael and Smith. They've blogged for 10 years and written a bunch of books. Marketing and tech guru Brian Dixon, who also writes books. And I'm Gary Moreland, Michaelin and Emily's dad. My first book will be in bookstores next summer. It's episode one of season two of the Hope Writer podcast, How to Find Time to Write. So what if you just don't have time to write?
0: Listen. You are not the exception. That is what always comes to mind. Everybody thinks they're the exception, like everyone else has more blank than me.
2: I, I've heard that a lot, especially at conferences when I talk to people, you know, I'm like, you should do this, 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 and they're like, oh, that's awesome, but I'm, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm a mom, but I have a full-time job, but I travel a lot, but I'm. What's your but I'm? <laughs> we all have one. But I'm, but I'm. <laughs> you know, but I'm moving in, But I'm moving in six months. Right. But, I d- but I don't know, there's all the but and I think the biggest one is, but I don't have time. What about people who, who don't say that they don't have time, and who do stuff?
1: Because it's kind of interesting, because everybody gets the same seconds and hours and days in a week, right? So how can they do it? How do they find time?
0: Let's talk about it. Well, and I think it's important to make the distinction between, if it's, if it's time to write, if it's time to do your work, then... You might have a newborn, you might have your parents living with you, you might have like seemingly no time on the calendar, but you're so determined that you find the time, because the time is right. On the other hand, you might be an empty nester and quote unquote, have a lot of time, yet you can't, you just don't have the momentum to get the work done. And that's because maybe the timing's not right. And so I think there's a difference between having the time and the right timing. And sometimes the timing's not right. The season's not right. And that's okay. But don't use time as an excuse. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to see like, is the timing right? Okay, if the timing's right, now I can get to business of finding the time and making the time my schedule.
2: Oh, so I love that differentiation between the timing of your life and the season of your life and then the actual like I have 24 hours in the day right and I always go to math I'm like I have 24 hours in the <laughs> of course day, you do right and the first thing that I would recommend if you haven't done it it's really powerful and it's one of those horrible you know exercises but I think everybody should do which is time tracking right just write track down your day. Mm-hmm. track your day like track your track your day for a week and there are apps that will do that I so don't have time to do that <laughs> okay, but there's an app that, that does that there's an app that literally will pop up and ask you over the last hour what did you do and it gives you preset options and you say i did this I did this and then it'll oh, tell you awesome. it'll tell you over the course of the week what you did with your time and too often for me just to be like honest i'm i'm like "Ooh, i was looking at politics like too much you know now i don't think i think it's 10 minutes there and five minutes there and 30 minutes there But it's probably if you add all that up, it's like, whoa, that's where my writing time went. And so that's just, that's not judgment. That's just math. That's just like, here it is. You were looking at blogs for six hours this week. That's powerful if you knew that. And if you Mm -hmm. said, you know what, I'm going to give one hour to looking at blogs and I'm going to take those five hours back and I'm going to give that to something that's more important. I think that's, we all we all unconsciously make these decisions. If we consciously were making the same decision, I don't think we'd make the same decision.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that I have found that helps me that we've kind of, I mean, I've done it off and on I'm trying to do it on purpose now is that I'm going to give it a name just because things that have a name are Love it <laughs> easier. It's dumb. It's not a good name. A seven day creative plan. I hate myself. And so I basically like John and I look at our lives in seven day chunks. And so we'll sit down either on Sunday or Monday. Sunday works better, but we don't always do it then. Um, and then choose which days that week, like not just like plan for the week, like the kids have a game this day or whatever the thing is, but actually like plan the work and the time and then so that he knows what I'm gonna be doing when. Our schedule now is where we both work a lot at home and then sometimes he's gone. But I'll have to say, like, so where are you gonna be when I'm supposed to be writing yes. between ten and twelve? And it's he more knows,
1: complicated because he's not going to a job at eight right? o'clock coming home yeah. at five. He's in and out and right. his, every day's different So
0: he knows like if I have this chunk that Emily's writing this mm-hmm. thing during this time and that's part of like the creative time I've set off I've set apart aside. He will not show up, and that means like even if he comes because even if he comes home, I mean I feel like I've said this a trillion times, but even if he comes home with groceries and then does like the laundry, and it sounds like such great things because your husband is coming home with groceries and doing your laundry, but it totally interrupts whatever I'm trying to do because I hear all the noises, and even if he knows not to come in and like be like, hey, how's it going? Like if he comes. One, hey, how's it going, mm-hmm. can ruin three hours totally. of work. Totally.
1: <laughs> when you're in the, in when writing. You're
0: in the groove, mm-hmm. when you've gotten to the, like the deep work point of like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. trying to get something done here. and um, and so and They've done
1: research on that, and that's very oh, true. I know. I've read books about and this. how long it takes you to get back in. To get to
0: that place. And so... He now now we have gotten to a point after fifteen years of marriage where he knows that it's not like an act of rejection of him, <laughs> that it's really just like mm. a scheduling thing because that can be a relational issue if and he could start to resent my work if we don't talk about the fact that it's not about you. It's just like this is the this is the process and this is what it takes. But. Backing up, if you're if you're listening and you think like, Oh, you need that much time to get to a place, well then I certainly don't have time to write. And I think that's where the scheduling of it comes in and like the math part is that well, we we don't just come up with that time. We don't just pull it out of the air. We actually plan for it and then we say no to other things so that we can fit it in. So
3: I think there's two kinds of writing. There's in the cracks writing, you go and write a quick blog post or a quick paragraph, or you want to get something taken down. And then there's big project writing, like that three-hour chunk that you yeah. were talking about, which does take more sacrifice and more planning. But the, in the crack writing, I don't know about you, but that's how I started. Like, totally. That's the only thing I had time for at first until I could prove to myself that it was worth making time for the bigger writing.
0: When you schedule your time, do you know what you're going to work on ahead of time? Like, I know I'm going to work on Monday, and it's going to be this. Yeah. I do. Have you, and you have you always done that? Um,
3: when I have big projects. Yeah.
0: When it's big project chunk time.
3: Then I know exactly what I'm working on. If it's just um, like crack time or if I have a lot of crack time. Can we call it crack time? <laughs> I think we can. <laughs> so if I have a lot of crack time. <laughs> Please let's. Even though that's like chunk time. Because three hours is like the threshold. If let's you have don't use chunk, hours, time. <laughs> chunk time. Chunk okay. time and crack time. <laughs> can we redefine? <laughs> What do we want to go no, it's work. time. Chunk time.
0: Well. The reason I'm late because of all the
2: crack time.
0: <laughs> there's crack, chunk, deep work and shallow work. Okay. But shallow then work. shallow work <sighs> can be quick deep work. Yeah. It's like a deep dive. Okay, deep work and... Hmm. Crack time. Many I mean there's time. can we call it crack time? It's crack time now. We've said it too many I times. Think crack time's worse than chunk time. <laughs> chunk time is so much
3: worse. It's repulsive. Chunk. Okay, I know, I hate that word.
1: <laughs> oh guys kinda like the whole thing. <laughs> uh, Cracks and chunks. I
3: don't even know what my point this was. Is, <laughs> I don't either. I'm distracted. Well you
1: know when you're gonna write what you're gonna write, if you're gonna do right. a chunk or if you're gonna the do a big crack. Big
3: projects <laughs> take a <laughs> lot more like, like planning and protecting <laughs> than do a the chunk. little things. <laughs> So, say that again. The big projects take a lot more yes, planning, protecting, right. and sacrificing. Yep. I am saying no to hanging out, to doing. I'm not saying no to politics. I'm saying no to that too. Mm. But I'm saying no to like awesome things. Yeah, great things that awesome. other people yeah. are doing the and other enjoying, doing. and good things. Yeah, yeah. But I, to me, right now in my life, this is more important. I know that you know if I volunteer at the school or you know go on that field trip or whatever it is, that means I can't do this.
0: Sometimes I have to choose this. And let me tell you this. This is really, this gets down to the issue that is actually more important than I can't find the time. The issue is not really, th- the time is sort of the secondary excuse. Yep. The issue is you don't believe that you have words that matter worth sharing. And so I think that once you get to the point of accepting like I have a message to share and I have an audience to serve, like Brian always tells us that we have, once you finally accept that, It's amazing how you can you start to be motivated to find the time to work on it because you're so energized because you believe you have something worth sharing. But until you believe that, until you really believe that what I have to offer is worth offering, I'm the one to do it. And this is who it's for. Time will continue to be a secondary excuse. You'll continue to put things off and you won't. You won't value it enough to make the time for it in the first place. And guess what? If you're doing that, neither will will your husband or your wife or your roommate. Nobody else will value it either. Mm -hmm. And they might look at you and think like, oh, well, why are you wasting your time on that? Because you don't really believe it matters. Oh, I think yeah. that's such a core issue. And
2: there's like a 30-day delay between you believing for yourself and other people around you noticing and starting to believe for you. Like there's a huge delay and that's mm. where we push against the resistance because mm. it's like just getting started is hard and then once you've gotten started, you're like, I'm halfway through this project. I'm gonna do it. Other people aren't even aware that you even started. Like, right. they have to see you practicing mm. before they say, wow, that writing thing really is important to her. I need to move around my life a little bit to assist with that.
3: 30 days doesn't sound that bad in that. Is context. that scientific? I'm like, oh, just 30, 30 days?
2: I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. He really is. <laughs> yeah, but is that <laughs>
1: this why is you know? This is more my field than <laughs> <laughs> fixing, like, that broken you- bones. Is that why you know this, though? <laughs>
2: Well, we've seen it in exercise. You know, Julie's doing this exercise stuff, and we've seen that where basically you don't tell anyone in your life that you're working out at all for the first 30 days. Oh. Because what will happen is after about two or three weeks, people start saying to you, Wow, you look great. And then you get all this extra confidence and you still don't say anything. You don't go, well, I have this new program. Like you just keep doing your mm, thing mm-hmm. and it gives you confidence and then they start to notice it. That's good. And before you know it, you're kind of known as the person mm-hmm. who exercises and then people start asking you about it. But what we do a lot is we go, I'm going to start oh, a blog I hate that. and then we start and then we do one and we get the satisfaction of telling everybody without the work and the, mm-hmm. f- and the benefits of actually publishing.
3: I have a friend, may she go nameless, who's a great person, but they have like 20 Instagram accounts with all of the things they have started and specialized in from running to poetry to cooking. Da, da, da. And I feel like all they do is announce the next change they're gonna make, but they never follow through. And I, I want exactly what you said, like do it the opposite way. Do yeah. it in opposite secret, way. test it out.
2: <laughs> so with the timing thing, if you if you count it up and you go, okay, like for example, there's the, bu- the bus, my son's in first grade and the bus comes right by our house. Okay, it's so easy to just put him on the bus. And I know a lot of people make that decision. I've decided that I'm going to run him to school every morning and I'm gonna pick him up in the afternoon. And when I did my time tracking, guess how long it took per day for that whole process twice. Ten minutes. Two and a half hours. Oh, wow. Two and a half hours. And it's in our neighborhood because, (laughs) you know, I go slowly. I do a little extra run while I'm already there. And then on the way back, we slow down. And so there's this whole process. Two and a half hours of my day. Now, I can make that shorter. But the reason I like doing it is because I connect to my first grader, you know. And it's this special time that just he and I have. Two and a half hours. So I had to look at it and go, okay, 10 minutes of get on the bus or two and a half hours of bringing to school and bringing them back. And I'm not like in a hurry in the carpool line. Like we're like really having some good connecting time. So the reason I say that is because when you do the math, you're like, wow, I'm investing this many hours in whatever the person or the project or whatever it is. And so if you kind of add it up and go, I could move some things around and invest 10 hours a week into my writing now you can start to see the benefits what what Darren Hardy calls the compound effect. The compound effect is over 50 weeks if I spent 10 hours a week for 50 weeks, that's a book, you know, that's a lot of stuff. And so one of the time things, uh, time management principles is if I add it all up, it equals something really really big. And so many people say I don't have time for the really really big thing. You're right. But if you take time for the little things, those things start to really add up. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I've got all this great stuff that I put together slowly. Before you uh, added up the
1: time, how much time did you think, if you would have guessed, um, with, with uh, your son and picking yeah, up the school? probably stuff. an hour. So it was way more – because Michael threw in 10 minutes. You knew yep. it was going to be some
2: extreme.
3: <laughs> it was going to be way less than you thought or yeah. way more, right?
2: Well, see, so what I've done is I actually, I made it two hours on purpose. So it's not just taking him there and bringing him back, which a lot of people do. And the other day we were running late and I got involved in a project. And so I had to literally get in the car, put him in the car, drive and come back. And it was like less than 10 minutes. So yes, I could do it in 10 minutes, but the way that I've done it is I put my, I've moved my life around it. So I do voxers as I'm, as I'm walking, you know, I add in a a run as I'm bringing him in the stuff you can do at the same time. Yeah, you know, I've got my whole little system of taking advantage of the fact that I'm already there. So like, in, in, as an example, like never be waiting without a book, you know? Like, if, right, you guys probably do that. If you have to wait somewhere, you've got a book with you or you've got your journal with you. And so look at your crack time, look at all the things that you're doing in your life and you're like, oh, I've got an appointment at noon. Let, let me get there at 11.50 and take those 10 minutes and continue where I left off. And so I I kind of tried to look at it that way. Like if I'm already going to be doing it, what can I do while I'm running? What can I do while I'm walking? What can I do when it's just me and him? You know, and it it really changed my perspective on my time. And that's interesting because to do that, you had to be motivated to do that. You had to want to do
1: that for you have some reason that that's going to be important to you, because if you don't do that, there's going to be some things you're not going to accomplish or directions you're not going to be able to go. Yeah. You're
2: motivated to do that. You we, couldn't just say, I don't have time. Absolutely. And I think that's how it all works. It just it adds up. If you if you're saying yourself right now, I don't have time to cook or I don't have time to do my blog or whatever, like you can find time by moving things around. So for us, I wanted to do more running. I had I had a goal for that and I thought, well, I'm already in the stroller with him, or he's already in the stroller, I'm already pushing it. I might as well take a couple extra loops, you know? And then I wanted him to learn how to ride his bicycle. I thought that was really important. I'm like, when do I have time to teach my son how to ride his bicycle? I'm supposed to be working. Well, I got to pick him up from school. So might as well bring the bike in the morning on the stroller. And then in the afternoon, I can run over there. I can get my little workout in. And then he can drive his bike home. And so we're just taking advantage of the fact that we're already doing something. And I think you can do the same thing with writing. You know, you're already carpooling. So maybe your writing is not sitting in front of a computer by yourself with the perfect cup of coffee. Maybe your writing is just talking out your ideas into your voice recorder mm-hmm. to get that sloppy first draft done. In 15 minutes, a 10- minute, ten or 15-minute wait in a car line to pick up the kids. I think so, but that's my process, and it sounds like it might be really different. Emily said a
1: while think. ago, uh, if you don't believe that you have a message, you're not real motive. When you really know that you have something you have to do, and you know what it is, and you believe in it, you start working so that you can do that. You mentioned like you have to believe in your message, but another one is like you want to you wanna know what it is you have to do. In other words, if it's real vague in your head, you know, you just kinda know, I kinda wanna write. Okay, what do you want to write? Do you have an idea? Do you know the exact topic thing? Is it that you know what to do and you know this article or you know this outline or you know this direction you wanna go? But when you really know you wanna do something and you know what it is and you believe it's valuable, that makes you start looking on purpose to to do like what brian said or to find 10 minutes here or in the carpool or whatever
0: i listened to a podcast with um bj novak who played ryan on the office and tim ferris and he was talking about they were talking about the creative process and this whole thing and something that he said was that he always follows the love so like whenever he has an idea um he like if you have a good idea you're motivated by something immediately like your critical mind sort of kicks in and starts telling you all the reasons why it's not a good idea or this isn't going to work. And he said when he worked at the office, they had like a period of what they called the blue sky period where anything was allowed. So they just kept on um, asking the question, well, what if, what if, what if, what if? Like what if, you know, I don't. I think one of them was Dwight goes to the moon. And they had all these different scenarios that were ridiculous, but no one was allowed to say it was ridiculous because it was a blue sky period. And they just like let that be for a few weeks, sometimes longer. And then they would come in, they would find which ideas um, they loved the best. And then when it was time to work on those ideas and make them into reality, except fake because it was TV, um, they would they would love the idea so much that they would make whatever problems that were going to come up because of where they wanted to take the creative idea, they could work it because they already had fallen so much in love with the idea. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes with my own writing, I don't give myself the time. Sometimes that's why I feel like I need so much time is because I haven't lived with the love of the idea long enough. I haven't let myself sit with being so excited about this idea Before I so quickly rush to trying to fix all the problems with it. And then it's like, oh, this has so many problems. I don't have time to work on this. Instead of sort of steeping in the love of it and just being so excited (laughs) to work on, like, you know what? I don't know how this is going to work. I don't even know what it is yet. But I love it so much. I'm going to work on it. And that's when the crack time really will, um, it sort of multiplies because you get so much more done in a little amount of time.
1: Starts working for you you for
0: free. So Mm -hmm. that's when people say I get my best ideas when I'm doing the dishes or when I'm in the shower it's because there's no pressure during those times and you're following the love. It's like your mind doesn't have time to criticize itself because you're not sitting in front of a computer with a blank screen. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to give ourselves permission to follow the love of ideas, to follow the love of what we're trying to do and trying to create first Mm -hmm. and then trust the creative process enough that when we enter into the underbelly or into the fog or into all the problems that we love it so much that we're willing to go there because we already have taken the time to work out how much we truly love it.
1: And you haven't touched the keyboard and yet it's so important to your writing, even though it's not putting letters down yet
0: yeah it gets to the point where oh I can't not do this like I have to do that's this That's my favorite part it's your favorite part and that, that's the part that's the part that we
3: lose and you're right there's an order to things because especially now we get so caught up in our mastermind groups and social media and getting our headshots and god forbid praying about whether I should submit this guest post or not like just freaking just do the work it. people <laughs> just do the work are you a writer or not like you've you've already gotten there so Allowing yourself to have the time just to creatively think about it. Can we please call that part of the process and yes. validate that? Yes. That's where the best stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And Dad's right. It like, doesn't mean you're in front of the keyboard, that is such a vital part of writing that we don't give ourselves credit for because we're already 10 steps ahead trying to get our lead magnet. Not that anything's wrong with that, mm-hmm. but if you don't have something great to
0: say, it doesn't matter what your it lead magnet It has to come is. from something, right? It's like in an interview that Seth Godin did with Jeff Goins who, by the way, I always call them Sel- Seth Goins and Jeff Godin. Oh, wouldn't Jeff oh, my love God. that? Oh. I told him that. And he he be, he'd be okay with that. <laughs> it's yeah. the worst when they're you have to say both their names. They both rhyme. They both start yeah. with G's. Seth Jeff. But they're not big enough just to say Jeff and Seth. <laughs> right, right. It's like you're on a line. It's not like Prince and Madonna. Right. So anyway, I was listening to this podcast and it stuck with me for so long because Seth Godin said, I don't get up in the morning and think oh, I have to write a book. Hmm, what should it be about? It's like I write books because I'm mad about something. I'm frustrated. Hallelujah. I'm bothered. Yes. And so Love can come from a frustration, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the frustration might even start at first. But then you're so in love with the hope that you know mm-hmm. can come if this was different that then you're compelled to write about it, and you'll find the time to do that. Because here's what's going to happen: you'll see someone else start doing it, and you'll want to do it first. Yes, you'll be like, "No, that's I. That's my thing." Or you'll disagree, or and you'll, be like, "Oh, that's or so wrong." Or they're doing it wrong, mm-hmm. right? Or they're doing it wrong, and so or you want to spar, and so you have mm-hmm. it. Just that's how it kind of comes. And I mean, that's I feel like that's how. All great ideas Mm -hmm. happen. Yes.
1: And that is a uniquely Hope Writer perspective. You're not even typing anything. You're not even writing anything yet. And yet that part is so important. How long can that part go on before you maybe even write anything about it?
3: Oh, I think it can go on for years. Months. Depending on, first of all, if you are afraid or if you want to do something. My next project I've been thinking about for two years. And I have only taken notes and never really written about it i've just been i've had all those things that emily talks about that frustration or that hope or that like oh my gosh this just is something r- okay,
1: just random notes that you just keep yeah them but in they're all
3: related place, to though. me that's just part of the beautiful process of like not rushing i'm not going to move on to my next project because it's time for a next project i'm going to move on to a next project because i can't not move on to a next project
1: so know where your time goes Talk about your day together so that you plan with the it. people that are right. in your life. Yeah, Chunk time and crack time. Mm-hmm. Chunk time is big times because you have to go deep. Crack time is little times that you pick. Believing you have a message. Knowing what the message is.
0: Knowing that it matters.
1: Do it and don't tell everyone what you're going to do. <laughs> Let them ask you
2: about what they see. Mm-hmm the change that they're seeing. And it goes with like uh, a profit in his own town, like that whole idea. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. Your, your worst supporters are your friends and family. <laughs> like,
0: Unfortunately.
2: Yes. Like the, the last thing you want to do is like tell everybody, you know, I just started a blog. Oh. I see this in uh, multi-level mm-hmm. marketing a lot. Like, hey, I just started a jewelry business and buy it. You know, it's just like, what? Like, no, mm-hmm. go make sales first. Get right. good at what you do mm-hmm. and then go, hey guys, mm-hmm. now I have this. That's actually mm-hmm. a big one. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah. Uh, figure out how to do different things at the same time and how to make the most of the time. Sometimes It doesn't mean you're multitasking, but it means that you're in terms of concentrating on something. But it means when you're, like you said, have a book with you or have a, a journal with you so that when you're following the love, standing in line somewhere, you can make notes of what you're thinking while you're
2: standing there. Okay, for my nerds out there, it's called a ubiquitous capture system. Oh, yeah. That
1: that's is a, very nerdy nerd It's a David
2: Allen thing. It's a David Allen thing. thing yeah. So what you want to do is wherever you are, you have a way to capture your ideas yeah. because I think that's the biggest part. So like mm-hmm. Michael was just talking about, like, yeah, we all have that frustration and that perspective on the world. And we're like, I'm going to write about that. Well, guess what? Write about it. Mm-hmm. Like just in your car go. This is a rant. And not, don't necessarily stream it on Facebook Live, but just record <laughs> it because that's the seed of an idea that's the seed of an idea that's not publishable but now you've got it down and for me it's always a matter of like gathering up the clay and slapping it on the table and going now what can I make Mm -hmm. but you have to have it together first you know or get the ingredients and then you can make Mm -hmm. the food but you have to do the work of going to the store and, and, and bringing everything home and taking it out of your fridge and in the same way I think you have to for me at least you have to collect all the words together first and then you go now I have the words now I'm the editor I'm no longer writing. Now I'm editing. And that's my process. Annie Lamont follows that process. Drop it all down first and then clean it up and then go tooth by tooth, word by word. And then giving yourself time to fall in love with the
1: idea that you have is part of writing, but it doesn't mean you're just not doing anything. That's actually, you're really highly engaged with something that you're going to end up writing when you give yourself time to fall in love with it and you think of it. You're not just waiting and not thinking about anything. You're deeply engaged with it because you're falling in love with it. That's where your passion is going to come from.
0: Right. But the problem is a lot of people freak out during that time because they feel like they should be sharing it and they share too Mm -hmm. soon. Mm -hmm. So it's in this world of like, publishing is so easy because it just hit, you just hit enter and you post a blog post or whatever, or you can just tweet it out or Facebook it out. And it's too soon, though, sometimes. Now, I'm not saying every thought needs to steep for such a long time. But I think sometimes we feel this pressure of like, hurry up and change the world, hurry up and make a difference, hurry up and have an impact. And we don't give, it's like we pick the flower before it's bloomed. And I think that that is, that's the tension that you're going to have to accept as part of the work is doing work in secret.
1: When you're a hope writer, you're, it has to come from somewhere, come from somewhere inside you. So you can't give something that you don't have on the inside. It's not just a technical thing that you're doing; it's your soul. So if if I said I just don't have time to write, how would you help me?
0: No one has time to do anything. You don't have time to get sick. You don't have time to get ki- have kids. You don't have time to get married or fall in love or go to school. So if we all if we use that. For the excuse for everything in life, all we would do is like sit in a room and look at a wall. But that's like what life is. So you don't have time to write, you'll make time for what's important. So it's
1: a mindset thing then.
0: You don't want to write. If you don't have time to write, you don't want to write. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say that, but I think that's true. or that that Deep down, if if you say I don't have time to write, then I think deep down there's something It's like if you go to counseling and you say, I'm so angry, I'm angry, I'm angry. The counselor is going to say, that's great, but there's anger as a secondary emotion. So really, you're angry about something. So what's the actual thing? And I think if you don't have time to write, I think that might be true. But then I think we make time for what we truly value. So why aren't you valuing your writing?
2: You, You need to adjust your life around who you are. And so if you don't have time to write, then you're not deciding to be a writer. You have to move your life around it and go, this is important enough for me to move things around in order to make that time. I got a call from a friend literally this morning and he said, I want to run my first marathon and I want to get uh, three hours and 15 minutes so I can qualify for the Boston Marathon. That's crazy time. Like First marathon is hard, and then three hours and 15 minutes is really, 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 really fast. Really, really fast. And I said to him, That means you will completely need to adjust your life to become a marathoner. Mm -hmm. And that has to be everything you do. And I could tell in his voice, he did not want to do it. It was just more like this crazy, lofty goal. And then the same way, a lot of us say, "I want to get my first book published." Well, guess what? You have to become a published author before you get your contract. So you have to move your life around. So there's a couple of resources. There's a great book called Daily Rituals. You mentioned Ferris, uh, Tim Ferriss published the audio version of it, and he just and the the author. Just looks at the daily rituals of you know, super famous you know, um, arts and writers and artisans and folks like that, and you go, they take a lot of time to work on their art every day, mm. and that's what we're saying to you. If you want to be a writer, you need to take time in your day every single day, so you're going to need to cut stuff out to, be, to fill it with becoming a writer.
1: And if I said, you just don't understand my life, if you knew what my life was like, you wouldn't say that
0: maybe the timing's wrong. Yeah, I think it can be I think sometimes we can have a vague vision for something and we know out in the distant future I would like to write sometime and if you don't have time to write right now, then maybe it's not the time to write. And there's no need, need to argue and convince someone of something. I think that has to come from within. So if someone tells me like I don't have time to write, I would say okay, <laughs> then right. don't write. Believe them. Yeah, I believe you. And to to try to say, yes, you do, yes, you do. The truth is, maybe they don't have time to write. And to me, that says it's not time to write. There's too many people who have done it without time to write or without time to do anything to say that that's a real thing.
2: I've got a verse from the Bible that I've quoted a lot when it comes to this. So uh, it's from Deuteronomy (laughs) 24:5, and it seems like it's not related, but this totally applies. So I'm going to read the New Living Translation. A newly married man must not be drafted into the army or be given any other official responsibilities. He must be free to spend one year at home bringing happiness to the wife he has married. And what that's saying to me is that there's a season for everything in your life. If you're a newly married man, you shouldn't go to war. If you are trying to become a writer, you shouldn't volunteer for the PTA, right? If you're trying to get a book published, you shouldn't go on that girl's trip or whatever it happens to be. You need to make those decisions so that you can focus on the things that are really important. Are your words worth it? Yes, they are. Well, I hope that's helped you.
1: I hope we haven't been too tough on you when you get that I just don't have time feeling. I promise we have had to be just as tough on ourselves or we wouldn't be writing. You'll find lots more encouragement for your writing life when you go inside Hope Writers for $1 for a week at HopeWriters.com slash trial. If you love to write, but you're intimidated, weary, aimless, frustrated you just want to hear from someone who's been there, there's something for you inside Hope Writers. Be a better writer, help with marketing and your platform, find your voice and niche, write better blog posts, all kinds of help with your book writing and your book dreams, and the Hope Writer Facebook group is a great place to ask questions and make friends and to get encouragement to grow your confidence and ditch that anxiety that comes with your writing dreams. It's a whole community of people to journey with. Go inside Hope Writers now for a week for $1. Just go to HopeWriters.com slash trial. We'd love to connect with you inside HopeWriters.com slash trial. In the next episode of the Hope Writer podcast, Why God Won't Market Your Book we tackle the dreaded self-promotion challenge. It's tough but encouraging talk about the difference between God's role and our role when it comes to getting our work in front of our readers. That's the next episode, episode two of season two of the Hope Writer Podcast. And final words of hope from Agatha Christie. The best time for planning a book is while you're doing the dishes. Thanks for listening.